The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight uh, with your host, Jeff Shannon. As we continue this Sunday, I thought it would be a special time to bring back our good friend, Anthony Poteet with the Foster Families Assistant Network. I knew I was going to get that right. Is it, did you, I do it? You got it right. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Anthony, I, I wanted to bring you back in because let me tell you, I have noticed over this past uh, several months of this past year, you have just been so busy. So I thought it might be a good time to educate people about what you're doing because I think it's so important. And then give us an update on how things have been progressing. Well, thank you for having us back. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate any opportunity we get to bring some awareness to foster care. It, it has been extremely busy. As uh, you may remember, we started in March of 2016. But basically, we're running out of our garage and a couple storage units. So we're coming up on a year since we opened a basically a resource shop here in Hendersonville, where now it's kind of set up like a retail shop, much like like a thrift store. Okay, yeah. Uh, where foster families can come and pick out the items they need, do do some shopping, which eliminates me picking it out for them for the most part. Sure. What's happened is uh, an explosion of awareness in the community. Uh, essentially. I always judge it off our social media presence. That was the idea of our network to begin with. Mm -hmm. When we opened the shop last July, we had roughly 2,400 Facebook followers, and now we're sitting at almost 5,000 in less than a year. Right. And where's the store located? uh, 121 Indian Lake Road. Oh, okay. Uh, So So that's on the, uh, down by the uh, Hendersonville High School side. Yep. Right across the street. you got Boulevard and you got Road. People get used to that. They do get that confused. (laughs) We've had some people show up at the uh, empty bank down there. (laughs) (laughs) I think they might have the same address, just Boulevard. Uh, So we're right across from Ellis Middle and the football field for the high school. Okay. I always like to, uh, I'll plug that in. Uh, we're attached to Massage Way. A lot of people know where that's at. Okay. And yeah. right next to Indian Lake Animal Clinic. Okay. So it's been a, an absolute explosion in awareness. And what that's pretty much done is also make us more aware to the fostering community. So we've gotten to a point where we're helping, you know, on a, on a busy week, 20, 20 plus mm-hmm. kiddos a, a week. Um, you know, and even on our slow weeks, it's 10 to 12. Not always new, but but the, the busyness of it is there's a lot going on in foster care, kiddos moving from home to home and not being in a stable environment. Uh, so we've, we've had to adjust to a level, how do I say that? We've had to increase our process a little bit to accommodate some of that growth. We're, we're seeing a lot of teens in care and getting teen necessities is, is a little tougher. So let's explain how this process works, okay? So you have this kind of a, a restore kind of situation going on, all right? And then the foster parents, the foster parents that have are obviously fostering children will bring them in and they can shop for things that they might need because they, these are items they don't have. And the foster parent maybe not have enough money to buy these things for them. So how would that work? They would call you or they just drop in and and tell us some of the items that you are looking for and have in that store a, a lot of times um well at this point we're, we're going on year eight of being around so 
a lot of the fostering parents know who we are anyway. Okay. But we still get some new out of Clarksville, Murfreesboro, Columbia, places like that. Mm -hmm. And basically, they find us on social media or somebody points it out to them. And then they they typically message me through Facebook. We're not super strict, uh, like a lot of places that help want to see paperwork and mm-hmm. stuff like that we just we're not interested in that we just want to help kids so some people worry we'll be taken advantage of and i'm like eh, this is whatever it's not on my mind at all mm-hmm. we have like regular retail hours they're a little spotty sometimes because obviously i have my own my own children mm-hmm. and uh so during the school year it's kind of all over the place we have regular hours they can show up whenever they want uh we had a parent show up yesterday she came in she's got a new teen boy living with her uh, she picked up some jeans shirts new underwear and socks uh, now the question people might be asking do they pay for that no absolutely not so it's, okay so the foster parents it's all can free come in. for foster parents kinship placed parents mm-hmm. and adoptive families right and i will tell you on the kinship side of things they need it more than more than most there's not a lot of state help uh, mm-hmm. for kinship placed families explain but, to people what that means so if you're a kinship placement you know the child's family or the child in some way supposed to be kinship but it but they will place with friends of a friend or a you know a cousin aunts, of a cousin uncles. aunts uncles grandparents yeah uh, but a lot of times, let's stick with the grandparent placement because uh, we see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But most times, grandparents are on a fixed income. That's right. And bringing in two or three kiddos uh, that are young really strains that relationship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of times, the stability only lasts a few months because that's all they can uh, afford right. to do. So what we aim to do is it's it's harder to find kinship parents. There's a resistance to help from kinship parents. They sometimes don't want to ask for help. That's where I'm well, getting. Well, and, and too, and on the, the downside of that too, I mean, they always try to go for unification obviously and a lot of right. times that's definitely not going to work out right so they want to go to the family next keep them within the family right. and a lot of cases that could be even worse than their original situation in a lot of cases because you, you've heard some pretty awesome stories and terrible stories about this but uh, if they can find a kin that would be acceptable could be harder than actually finding a, a outside foster parent i i agree yeah 100 there's there's some definite issues that can arise when you stay within the family where mm-hmm. where let's say it's severe abuse or neglect or something like that Mm -hmm. has taken place. Most of the kinship parents I know are really good at navigating that because a lot of times the the birth parents aren't allowed to see the child in that situation. So that's tough for the grandparent, for example, Mm -hmm. that's actually the parent of the bio parents, if that makes (laughs) sense. That's that's a challenging place to put them in. So we have several parents that their kiddos love coming to our shop. Uh, We have a play area set up. Uh, a couple of little picnic tables where they can color, play with Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. We have a reading couch. They love coming in and just taking toys off the shelf and, and playing. Speaking um, of toys, so tell them the kind of items you have in there. So we, for we try to keep any clothing items we possibly can. That gets a little complicated mm-hmm. in, in certain areas. And like, for example, we had a request for undergarments for a, a teen uh, young lady. That can get complicated because there's a hundred different sizes. <laughs> yes. And styles. And styles <laughs> and stuff like that. We can't carry all that and Plus they have to, it be, has new to be new as well you right. can't yeah. give them used underwear you know right <laughs> so we have to have new for that kind of thing mm-hmm. teen clothes are also a challenge because teens are harder on clothing especially boys the whole boy clothing is a challenge simply hoodies and sneakers man that's oh, yeah <laughs> hoodies and sneakers but then they wear this you know t- 
toes right out of the sneakers. So uh, getting good teen shoes are, are a challenge. So they come in there going, hey, come on, man. You got any Jordans for me? Come on. Pick me up. <laughs> um, amazingly, we get a lot of Under Armour, Nike, and Adidas uh, wow. clothing donated, which good. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is another thing. We're looking for the higher quality reselling or restore. The, the idea that well, something is better than nothing isn't exactly how we want to operate. We want I mean, to if somebody brings a truckload down, you're going to go through it and say, well, we I go can't really everything. use that. You know, you're yeah. going to throw everything out there because kids don't want junk. I mean, they can usually Correct. tell Correct. You know, if something's worn out. and Like, yep. you don't have a pair of shoes, you got a hole in the bottom of it, you're not going to take them. You know? we, we spend a lot of time trying to explain this process because here's the thing. They're, they're already probably have been pulled from the school. They're going to be a new kid in school. And it's not going to take long for people to figure out, and by people I mean other children in the mm-hmm. school, to figure out that... And they're mean. At, yes. Yes. That there's an issue, that there's something different about this child. So they're already stressed and ostracized to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you aren't going to provide them with in-style clothing and, and good clothing, you're just increasing the likelihood that you're alienating a child. So Right. Well, and the fact that you're, you have this available to you, because I know you've had a couple of emergency situations here happen in the, in the last week or so, where a child is pulled from an environment, you leave. You, you don't take all your stuff, your games and your computers, and Correct. you just grab what's in that plastic bag, and you're out of there. So a lot of times, that's they don't even have toothbrushes in, in some cases. Correct. Now, we do carry personal care items. We've okay. been very fortunate to have those things donated. So we have a couple sections of, and it's expanding, a mm-hmm. couple sections of deodorant, shaving cream. Because a lot of, a lot of the, the mentality in the general population is clothes, clothes, clothes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole lot to... That's the easy part. <laughs> that, yeah. Clothing is the easy part. You're right. Yeah. Uh, undergarments, socks, personal care items, hygiene, all those things that they show up with none of. And and I, I think it's important to point out that while the state is going to help, that initial 30 to 45 days, there's, yeah. there's no assistance for the most part. It takes that long for the channels to work. Yeah. And even at that point, for example, clothing, it's a one-time clothing allotment for a child when they come into care. So, mm-hmm. and it's not a lot. It's 150 to $250 based off age. Mm-hmm. And it's a one-time allotment. So, if you have a child, you can tell me how far $150 goes. It's not mm-hmm. very far. No. <laughs> um, and then of course, they're growing. Whatever you buy today, 3 months from now may not fit. So we Especially try those little ones, you know, the little right. ones are growing like so crazy. So we try right? to, um, we're not a one-time thing. It, it, we're trying to build those relationships with foster parents where as the child grows, if they're in your care for six months or six years, keep mm-hmm. coming back to the shop, getting what you need at any point. Let the money that comes your way go to something that's not as trivial as clothing and, and personal care items. We can take care of that. Well, and it is something that touches a lot of people's hearts. And what, what you're doing and the fact that you decided to do this at the very beginning which tell that story how you really how it touched your heart to to start doing this so my wife and i uh had some challenges having our own children and we kind of had exhausted all our monetary options Mm -hmm. uh, to make things work because that's not cheap it's not i can tell you that not when you go down that road it's not cheap (laughs) and she actually came to me one day and she said you know they they have a thing where you can foster to adopt 
from the state. And I'd love to say I was 20 years old and just was like, okay. But I was, you know, 39 or 40 and went, okay. <laughs> I had no idea what we were getting into. I did that when I was in my 50s. Yeah. So I got three of them. Yes, and so. you, know, you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. I had no idea. If you had told me what foster care was, I, I probably wouldn't have really known. Mm-hmm. But once we started down the path, it, you know, and it takes some time. you got to get certified, take all the classes, the home studies, all that. And then to find our children took almost a year wow. of um, close calls, almost, maybes, stuff like that. And But during that year, you learn exactly what the foster care system is like sure. because the fostering to adopt is a little different and yes. on the other side we're going to take a break when we come back i want to talk about that because i think people really need education on this because they have a misconception of what adoption really is right so we're going to talk about that now we're talking with our friend anthony poteet with the foster family assistance network right here in hendersonville They're doing incredible things for for foster kids and foster families so stick around we'll be right back with more of sumner county spotlight thanks for listening to sumner county spotlight a weekly public affairs program heard each and every sunday right here on WHIN, or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back for our second segment here this morning. I'm Jeff Shannon, and we're bringing you some uh, some topics that are really hit home to a lot of people, and to myself and my wife, obviously. But uh, we have uh, you know been through a lot of this process. But Anthony, uh, we're speaking with Anthony Poteet right here with the Foster uh, Families Assistant Network, and he has been been very involved in helping foster parents and foster kids. And I think you're doing incredible things. So congratulations, Thank you, sir. Uh, kudos Appreciate to you for going out because I know it's a lot of work. It's a lot of heartfelt. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and two, you have a lot of your family here. working with you there. Yes, we do. So uh, it, it is definitely a family venture mm-hmm. uh, that got us started. I think uh, before the break, we were talking about our process of fostering to adopt versus fostering mm-hmm. well explain to people how what that is there, there is a difference right Max. there is a difference so we entered the process as a foster to adopt which means we weren't going to receive any children until tpr had happened which is termination of parental rights because once that's done once that's they're done, done they're up for adoption right. they've got to go to an adoptive home not a standard foster home mm-hmm. obviously standard foster home is uh, reunification based and there's huge difference in what I went through versus what your standard foster parent goes through. In our particular case, we had it super easy. We had some close calls. We had some mm-hmm. heartstrings pulled for a year. Mm-hmm. But once we got the call that TPR had happened for our two kiddos, uh, we, we had them two days later and, and waited six months and adopted. Uh, there was no parental visitations. There was no stress involved, really. The- and if you look back on it right now, and I know what you're going to say because I felt it too. It doesn't matter if they were adopted; they feel like they're your own. Oh, a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like uh, these kids were. <laughs> I I love joking with my older kids that I that I love my adopted ones better than them. <laughs> Dad, huh? Uh, uh, that that I like them better. Like I take every opportunity to jab my my sure, my yeah. birth children with that. <laughs> yeah. So our two were 15 months and 25 months when we got them. Well, a lot of kids that you know, people go into it. They say, "Well, I want a baby," or they're going to sure. say they want an older one. They want somebody that's already been trained. Sure. You know. So you have a whole spectrum going on there. There is. And I will say from what I've seen doing this for almost eight years is there is a void in the middle there. Above five years old to 12 years old 
very tough to place those children. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've quite figured out why or what the mentality is there, Mm -hmm. but I do. I have seen it. The five-year-old to 12-year-old child is is tough to place. Under five, I I think maybe people figure there's time to to maneuver them a little bit. Sure. I think above 12, you're, you know, you're catching who they are maybe already. Well, you know, it's a sad thing. Down in Florida, I photographed uh, a lot of the kids that were up for adoption. And in one summer, I probably did 80, 80 kids of all different age groups. And the sad thing was, year after year, you'd see some of the same kids returning because mm-hmm. they were available. And it was like a, a gallery that these children are available for adoption. You know how that tugs on their heart because well, nobody wants me, that kind of thing. It is kind of different because people are looking for different things. You know, they yeah. want either a child or somebody that's already been trained, you know. Yeah. But you got to do it. <laughs> I, I know one of the first things I had in foster care when we started our training was basically, I call it a menu sheet where they hand us this sheet mm-hmm. with all these things. What are you willing to take, not mm-hmm. willing to take? Breaks it down by anywhere from race to disabilities to age. Mm-hmm. That's a very... Uh, it's hard. <laughs> very difficult form to fill out. And that it was is. like the first form yeah, uh, for, for us anyway. And uh, it was at that point where I was like, oh, wow, this isn't quite a, what I thought it was going to be. Right, yeah. And then, I, you know, you really start looking at yourself and, okay, well, you know, it's a kid either way. Right. So we were we had a pretty wide base, but you're right to that there are people that, which is fine, that have a very tight window of what they're willing to take on or accept. Mm-hmm. So once we, uh, once we adopted, I kind of, we just kind of went on with our life. But you remember how it felt when you're in, in the courtroom and they said, Oh yeah. They asked all the questions of the kids and if they're yeah. able to talk. And then it's just, there it is. Yeah. And, and then, the feeling that you get, that's the greatest thing in the world right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh man, I don't even know that I could put it into words. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not even going to try. We'll just be sitting here for a while. Uh, <laughs> The whole process for me was amazing. And I never would have thought that, that two little kids could grab me like, like they mm-hmm. did. You know, they're my, they're 10 now. We've had them for almost nine years. From the same family or up. different? Say it, are say they, it. are they related? Oh, they're, or, they're brother, sister. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they are. They're 10 months apart. Uh, and that's another great thing we need to talk about is yeah. they always try to keep the siblings, siblings together, together if possible. If possible. Know. So they, they are brother and sister and just watching them grow. It's just a different process mm-hmm. than, than, uh, cause look, we got them at 15 and 25 months, but that doesn't, there, there's a lot from that first oh. 25 months of their lives. Sure that affects them today so there are some challenges for sure uh i always go to the sleep aspect sleep is a huge struggle and to make people aware and i know we talked about awareness a little bit to make people aware day-to-day activities are fine because your brain is active you're working towards whatever you're Mm -hmm. you're in the middle of a bunch of people but at night when you turn all the lights out and you're sitting in your room by yourself as a kid, those experiences and those traumas manifest at night. Oh, yes. So sleep becomes a, an incredible challenge for most foster children that, that I'm aware of. And they two, just don't sleep well. Exactly. Because a lot of them go through what we call a reactive detachment disorder that because they've been pulled from an environment that they don't understand. So they, they go through things in their mind that have to be dealt with, yeah. you know, and they can get past it. You yeah. know, it, it, it does. Yeah. And they have plenty of behavioral therapists available to yep. you as a, as a foster parent that can address these issues. Yeah, they do. Not to, you're 100% right. The problem right now is there's so many children so many. <laughs> that those behavioral therapists are overwhelmed. Yes. There, there's sometimes a wait list, three, six, 
nine months mm-hmm. to get a child in. And then by that time, they may move two more homes. And guess what? That waiting list starts all over if it's mm-hmm. a new county or something like that. But mm-hmm. that's a that's a different subject. Yeah. Um, we could talk all day <laughs> about that. We could get deep. <laughs> yeah, we could get real deep into that. But, uh, but yeah, so sleep is an issue for all foster children. So, of course, we have a program. We call it Fan Jams, where we provide new pajamas, try to provide weighted blankets and nightlights and stuffed animals with... I would never thought of nightlights. That, that would be so important. Important, I would think. My, my son is ten. He has three nightlights in his room. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been that way from day one. And mm-hmm. you know, we have a sound machine, a fan, and three nightlights in his room. And the weighted blankets—that's another. <laughs> He's thing. got a People weighted don't blanket. Realize, if you haven't slept with a weighted blanket on, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> it's good. it's amazing how that can stabilize mm-hmm. an environment. Uh, just that pressure of a weighted blanket, and sure. of course, there. You know, it's there's. <laughs> Like everything else, there's weighted blankets based off texture and size of the child. You you have a three-pound, five-pound, seven-pound, nine-pound weighted blanket. Mm, yeah. Depends on how much your child weighs and how much pressure they need and what their feelings of texture are. All those things affect the sleep pattern. So while I always liken it to an adult, if I were to today, I could not go home and sleep in my bed and had really no idea why, but just knew I couldn't go get my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had to sleep somewhere else in somebody else's house tonight. And I'm 48. I probably wouldn't sleep well. Probably not. I'd probably be upset. Yeah. And, I, and I've and i got skills. I've got coping skills. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine at five years old, eight years old, ten years old, yeah. having that happen and then be expected to behave accordingly, eat, sleep, act like nothing's going on, go to school. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. the difficulty for children. It is part of my routine. Every, every night when I go to bed, I do think about it. Hey, I'm getting to sleep in my bed, my comfy spot. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands of kids that aren't yeah. doing that today. Which is so, so. sad. It, it, it's like I said, when I greeted you uh, this morning, it's like, I hate you're so busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, wow. I I will say we have found a balance of needs versus willingness to help. I always thought having a centralized shopish kind of location would work, but of course you're just guessing. <laughs> and uh, so we opened last July and immediately gained a ton of support. The willingness to donate items, and I, I look at it in three different aspects for me in awareness and involvement. Once you're aware I, I don't think you can consciously choose to not be involved. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging spot to be in. But involved doesn't mean you have to foster. Mm-hmm. Involved means maybe just supporting a foster family that you know in your church groups, your social networks, whatever mm-hmm. they are. But supporting our location is just as good by bringing items we need, following our page. Sure. And tell them the address again. Our Our Facebook page is at FFAN16. Of course, you can type our name in on your Facebook search, that'll find it. Mm -hmm. But liking and following our page where uh, we generally, if we have a need and we don't have it in the store or we're busy and and it's going to wipe us out, I tend to post what we need. And that way you can see it. And generally the community responds. Now, do you have a website? We do. Just fosterfamilyassistance.com. Okay. If I you will, just type that in search, it's going to pop it's up. It's going to pop up. There's And you're on Indian Lake Road yeah, and in there's, Hendersonville. That's, there's there's only one a, of those. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then there's not a ton of what we do out there. So mm-hmm. when you type in a search for uh, foster families assistance, you're going to you're gonna get us. So And you can reach out through the webpage. Uh, I can take things there as well. Okay. We talk about intentional giving a lot. We just want people to, if you're going to donate items, to 
be intentional with it. We don't want worn out items, mm-hmm. things that, that you're just tired of and want to get right. rid of. There's other places to donate those sure, things to. Absolutely. Now, what are some of the, the, the items that you just, uh, I desperately need on a constant basis? Constant basis yeah. is going to be, uh, diapers and wipes. They are, I mean, if you've, if you've had a baby, you realize <laughs> they go through a <laughs> hundred diapers is nothing, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, wipes and diapers are always all different sizes. All different sizes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a huge issue. And of course, nowadays I think they they have them for girls and boys. You know where the place it soaks it up is is different, in a yeah. different spot. Sure. So, wow. uh, Pull ups overnight. Yeah. Potty training yeah. stuff like that. Uh, we never have enough of that. We do have some, and maybe even some from the older kids, because there's some bedwetting issues 100%. That, that happen yeah, 100%. because, you know, what they're going 100%. through and everything. So. You're, you're, uh, that 5 to 10 crowd yep. is really trying to cope, and that is the hardest. I think that's most of your behavioral sure. problems fall in that age group, but part of the behavioral things you get are bathroom issues. Yeah, yeah. So diapers, wipes, new underwear all sizes that's okay. that's always going to be a problem just call them get a hold of them see what they they might need if you if you're not sure what to get just call down there and they'll be able to help you out with that but i'm telling you it's such a great organization and so well needed and urgently needed do you have any events coming up any fundraisers we do working? we are working on our first ever we're calling it fan camp it's basically me and my kids are lego fanatics Uh-oh. uh oh that gets you in trouble right it there. does get you in trouble <laughs> i should show you a picture of my dining room right now (laughs) basically we're calling it fan camp uh, building community brick by brick and we're trying to get 20 to 25 foster kiddos into a week-long lego building camp where they can essentially foster parents can meet other foster parents foster kiddos can meet other foster kiddos kind of just in a relaxed creative atmosphere Mm -hmm. so So where's that going to be held we've got that coming up uh july 17th through the 20th at the hendersonville public library okay Uh, they have been gracious enough to at no charge give us a room dedicated for that week they've been fantastic to us we didn't expect it kind of came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. Uh, we didn't we didn't even approach them with it i just happened to stumble across the uh, director and i had a sit-down meeting and and she offered it up to us so it's a free camp uh we'd love some involvement uh, through volunteers or you know snacks and and we have we're gonna have snacks and lunches there yeah but we well, can love, find that on the facebook page yep definitely yeah, we have been posting it we have it okay. in our event calendar i've been posting links and stuff like that we have sign up sheets and, and okay. all that but the, anybody that wants any information can message me through facebook all right and, and uh, again we're talking with anthony potet uh, with the foster families assistance network <laughs> say that really fast but uh, anthony listen I, I just so love catching up with you and, I, and i'm so impressed with what you've done uh, Thank you over very these much. years, and you're, you're, you don't know how well you're you're helping the, these kids and these families. So keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you for having Absolutely. us on. All right, that's going to take care of this segment. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back with more of Summer County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Welcome back to Sumter County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon, right here each Sunday morning at WHIN. We are going to talk Medicare. You say, wait a minute, say what? How do you talk about that? Well, 
First of all, there's so much to talk about. I wanted to bring in an expert. So I met Maureen Miranda. Now, she's a licensed health insurance agent in Tennessee and Kentucky, and she specializes in Medicare. So that is what we're going to talk about today because this thing is so involved. And I know a lot of you out there have you know a lot of questions about it. Do I change plans, this, that, and the other. So, Maureen, kick it off, enlighten us into this subject. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for having me come and speak. Uh, It is a topic that can be confusing, it can be daunting, and to be frank, it can be very scary for a lot of people. There There are deadlines to be met. There can be penalties if not met. And really, my job is to do a personal strategic approach. I call it a PSA. And I talk with individuals, I educate them, I can advise them. And we look at what is it that they need. And that's always the priority. I look at what the individual needs, they express to me what they need, and then after that's met, we can look at what do they want on top of that. But Medicare, I tell you what, I have sat on both sides of the desk. I remember well when my husband was Medicare eligible, and I remember getting sick to my stomach, I remember (laughs) having headaches, I remember just being in absolute panic. But since time has gone on, and I've looked at the difficulty that there is, I thought, you know what, I need to do this because other people should not have to suffer for something that can really be simplified. Sure. So the first rule uh, to be Medicare qualified, let's, let's talk about that. So start at the beginning. You can start claiming Medicare, I guess, at the age... Well, and there, there you go. You have unique circumstances. Okay. Most commonly, people are become Medicare eligible at the age of 65. So do you have to sign up at 65? Well, no, you really don't. Uh, depending on your uh, work employer coverage, depending on if you're covered by a spouse and their work employer coverage, it's kind of a numbers crunching thing that we do. In terms of turning 65, it's important for individuals to know that if you are already enrolled with Social Security, if you're receiving Social Security benefits before you turn 65, usually it's around 62 people sign up, they will be automatically enrolled Hmm. in parts A and B of Medicare. I remember that happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'll, It'll happen. Some people are fine with that. Some people aren't. And it's because they're actually getting their coverage through a spouse and their work environment. So why would that be a problem to get enrolled in Medicare automatically? Well, Part A of Medicare has no monthly premium for 99.9% of the population. But there is a monthly premium for Part B. This calendar year of 2023, the monthly premium is $164.90. That is automatically deducted from one Social Security benefit. You won't see it being deducted. You'll simply see a lesser amount being deposited in your bank account. Makes it less painful. (laughs) Well, yes. I always say they'll cut you, but they won't let you see the blood. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. So in terms of becoming eligible for Medicare, 65 is the magic number. And, you know, there's lots of talk about numbers changing and years. Nothing has been talked about changing that year 65. So everyone sit back and relax. We are good to go. Okay. Okay. Not 68 now. No, (laughs) no, no, no. All of those number changes actually has uh, just simply been presumptions on Social Security. And even that, you're still good to go. Don't don't worry about it. But Medicare, you know, it's it's a timing 
it takes a little bit of talk, conversation, discussion, and strategy, and uh, and and really just honesty on what is it that's going to take place. And and that's that's why I do this, because not only is it confusing, but there's a lot of information out there that gets muddled. There's a lot of information out there that, frankly, is just wrong. Mm-hmm. And it gets talked about at cocktail parties, on the golf course, in the uh, coffee room. And don't take all of that for gospel or the total truth or whatever. I always say, I can be a resource for you. So when you think Medicare, you think Maureen. Yes, sir, you do. I love that line. (laughs) Thank you, yes. (laughs) So is there any meat to the fact that they've been kicking around, there might be reductions in Medicare benefits? Uh, You know, they're going through that up in Washington right now. Is is there been any thoughts on that? Or I mean, is it a thing or it's not going to happen? There's a lot of thoughts. And frankly, Jeff, I think this stuff comes up every year, primarily for the election years, Mm -hmm. because it's an emotional topic and it's a financial topic. And so the senior generation, they're, they're looking at what's it going to take for me to live optimally, for me to have quality of life. And that health coverage insurance is going to be probably the most significant aspect of one's life. And is there anything to the conversations? I'm not in Washington. I'm not a politician. I'm also not a huckster, and I'm not one who's interested in creating any hysteria. <laughs> I believe things will remain the same. Can mm. you just imagine the uproar? Oh, absolutely. Of a huge, and I'm talking about the largest demographic that there is right now, mm-hmm. age-wise, if someone said, let's do away with Medicare or oh. let's reduce the coverages. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't see it. <laughs> oh, good. Well, let's move on to a different subject. <laughs> that always uh, sets things off. Okay. With all of the, the coverage, let's break down for those who might just be getting into it. Tell them what part A, part B, part D, G, what uh, those different segments oh, mean. I'd be happy to. This is where the initial clarity comes in that I offer. It's important to know that Medicare is built in parts. So you have part A, which is commonly referred to as the hospital coverage. It's something that is used for hospital stays, hospital admissions. It also has in it uh, home health. It also has hospice, and it has what is called skilled nursing rehab. So that rehab is if you've had a hospital stay, you need more, but not hospital care but you're going to go and get some of that rehab. So if you need none of that, you just don't use that. Correct. And uh, and, I, and I think that's probably why the Part A has no monthly premium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Part B. Part B is commonly referred to as the medical coverage. Okay. And it's uh, the majority of it takes place outside of the hospital. So we're referring to doctor's office visits, whether it be primary or specialists. It also addresses things that take place outside the hospital, but could be same-day surgery or dialysis centers or... X-rays? Uh, oh, yes. CT scans, those kind yes, of things? Yes, sir. Yeah. Your tests. MRIs. Mm, okay. uh, all of your, your big-time testing. What about colonoscopy? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> got to throw that in there. Absolutely. Yes. And for anyone who's got a really kind of interesting sense of humor like myself, look up Billy Connolly on YouTube and his talk on colonoscopies. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. <laughs> It's a little, it, it's quite colorful, but yeah, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I can tell you, though, that with Part B being medical, you can have something occur in the hospital, but not be admitted. And so Part B also takes care of that. Okay. 
Part D, you'll notice I skipped C. We'll get to that. <laughs> but Part D, I refer to as the drugs from the drugstore. It's easy to remember. It's D, okay. drugs from the drugstore. And so this is the Medicare arena that we're in. Going back to Part C, Part C is what we see all the time on TV. It is, if Medicare will forgive me, C to me is kind of, it's confusing, okay? It replaces traditional Part A and B. You'll have the same types of things addressed, but it'll be done in a different way. Part C is different, but your Medicare is built on parts A, B, sideways to C, and part D. So with C, is that an option? So you can take A and you get A and B anyway. You have to sign up for C, or is there an advantage to taking C over A and B? <laughs> this is where it blows my mind. Yes, yes, and uh, and it's it's probably best explained by when an individual has enrolled in Medicare. Now, let me just skip backwards a little bit. If someone is having to enroll in Medicare because they're not already receiving Social Security, you're going to go to the Social Security Administration website mm -hmm. that is known as ssa.gov, and you enroll in that way, okay? Now, when you've got your Medicare, you've got your Medicare number, you've got your parts A and B, that's where you're going forward to that fork in the road, okay? And as Yogi Berra says, take it. You've got to do one way or the other, but you're going to have to take it. Yeah. And so one side is where you maintain your Part A and B, but the costs that are left over from that are going to, can be addressed by a supplement. And that supplement is offered through a variety of carriers that you mm -hmm. can choose from. Mm -hmm. When you do that, then you also have the choice of a variety of carriers and plans that are going to best suit you for your plan, excuse me, Part D, drugs from the drugstore. Mm -hmm. Now, the other side of the fork in the road is the Advantage plan, okay? And we all know there are a variety of companies, carriers that offer a variety of plans. And so that differs from traditional Medicare insofar that you, you don't have a monthly premium for the, your additional coverage, but your costs will be divided up differently. When you use the plan is when you will start to have costs. An Advantage plan is what I refer to as a ready-made bundle. It has your medical services and treatments, it has your prescriptions, and it also usually has dental, vision, and hearing, and perhaps a few other bells and whistles built in. Stepping back over to the other side of that fork, back to the traditional Medicare, you have what I refer to as the process of building your bundle. You have your A and B, you're going to add a supplement that will have a monthly premium. You will add your prescription plan, which will have a monthly premium. And then you have a variety of choices for dental and vision to add on. So you have upfront costs on the one side with little costs for medical services and treatment on the back end. On the Advantage side, you have little to no costs up front, but you will and may perhaps have costs that will occur in the form of co-pays and co-insurance 
on the back end. They'll send out a statement and they break this down. You saw so and so, and this is it's very confusing. <laughs> but they give you the, this is what they 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 bill it for. This is what they yes. charge. This is what you pay, and then it comes down and says you don't pay anything, but you paid. I don't know. Right. You're referring to what's commonly known as an EOB or the explanation of benefits. Right. And that That's comes it. that comes directly from the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services, okay. otherwise known as CMS. That you'll see that on the envelope. So CMS does a breakdown. It'll show you uh, who you saw, on what day, for what service. It'll show you what they billed, what was allowed, what Medicare covered and then what was left over, okay? And usually on that statement, it'll say, you may be billed, and it'll give a number. Okay. It'll also tell you if Medicare approved or did not approve that service or treatment. That's really good to know. Yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. When it comes to, if you have a supplement, then in addition, you'll receive a statement that'll show similar numbers and how they're spelled out, but it'll also show you what that supplement paid. Okay. And nine times out of 10, vastly 9.9 times out of 10, you'll see that that supplement paid all the rest of those expenses for medical services and treatment. Well, there's a lot more to talk about that. We'll just take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Summer County Spotlight uh, with your host, Jeff Shannon. We are talking with Maureen Miranda. Now, she's a licensed health insurance agent in Tennessee and Kentucky, and she is the specialist in Medicare. You know, and, and when you talk Medicare, but you know what mine, mine does? It just disappears. It shuts down. I start looking at numbers and I'm going, nope, my brain's not processing. That's why we have you, because when you think of Medicare, you think of Maureen. Maureen. There exactly. you go. Thank you remember so that. much, Jeff. You've got to remember that. I'm telling you, it's great. Let's talk about deductibles. Okay. Let's, yeah, okay. let's fill that in, because I know that's confusing sometimes. Well, you know, it's confusing, but one of the great things about Medicare uh, and whatever Medicare you have, whether it be the traditional Medicare with a supplement or uh, whether you have an Advantage plan, is that anyone who has had group health insurance, and I say anyone, probably close to 100%, you've had a variety of deductible amounts that had to be met before certain things could be done. And uh, it could be $1,500, it could be Mm $3,000, But the beauty with Medicare is that while there is a deductible for Part B when you're using the traditional Medicare, the deductible for that is $226 for this year of 2023. So let me give you a scenario. I had a woman who enrolled in Medicare last year. Uh, I believe she enrolled, I think it was December. So she really didn't start using her Medicare coverage for medical treatments and services till after the first of the year. So she called me up. Actually, she texted me uh, in capitals. So I felt like she was kind of Uh shouting at me in a way, (laughs) but I think it was just a panic where she said, I just went to the doctor and they did a blood draw and told me that I owed them a copay of $40. Maureen, what is this? I thought my coverage was covering everything. And so I texted back to her just a gentle reminder that when we had discussed Medicare, that her coverage 
the traditional plus her supplement, as she started to use her medical services, there would be that Part B deductible that would first be met. And after that was met, then the supplement would pick up the other expenses left over by Medicare. Okay. So we talked about deductible. One of the things I want to say is that when it comes to Medicare, Medicare is not a tent, okay? When you get in, when you crawl into a tent, it covers everything. You're fully covered. But Medicare is not a tent. When people talk about Medicare coverage, it's important to remember that it's similar to a blanket. It's something that you pull up onto yourself to keep yourself warm and protected, but you usually bring it only up to about your shoulders. So that leaves your neck and your head exposed. And when it comes to Medicare, there are expenses that are left over. So it is important to get policies that will work with Medicare to give you not just the best medical coverage, but also the best financial coverage. So if you're not really, you, you're not sick, you're not always, you know, got problems, you got pre-existing conditions, you got all this stuff that people are going to the doctor every week. But if you have nothing, and you're healthy, you really don't need it, well, you're gonna benefit a lot more, I think, but the other way, you'll meet your deductible a lot quicker, but the fact that it's only $226, that's better than five, $6,000. I'm telling you, you know, it's, it's such a relief to know that it's only $226, and I realize that's not money I'm paying for the client, but it is significantly better than what they've been experiencing over the years. Mm -hmm. it, it's a big deal. The more sick you are, the more you're gonna use the plan, and you'll yes. meet that deductible you know, straight out of the gate. So, But those of us just use it every now and then, you, know, you just gotta be aware of that, because that's one of right. the things that I said at the beginning, I don't wanna pay anything. <laughs> want insurance to cover it. I don't want to walk in there and say, okay, here's the $300 bill. Wait, yep. wait a minute, what? <laughs> right, you know, right, Or, or right. prescriptions. Yes. And I love that because, I mean, they'll tell you if it's not covered in the plan, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Say, well, that's not covered. Medicare will pay for generics, but not maybe well, not the that's original. That's an excellent point to bring up, Jeff, because, you know, prescriptions are a huge deal. And so... Uh, when I talk with a client, or just education-wise, we talk about what prescriptions they're using. And most people have the ability to use generics. And so, yes, Part D prescription plans, they will have generics most likely included in their formularies. It really is about each plan's unique formulary. There are a variety of copays. There are a variety of different monthly premiums. But what I do each year, Okay, uh, not only do I work with an individual when they're first enrolling to figure this all out, but mm -hmm. every year I send out letters to my clients saying, it's time for us to review what you've got. Have you had any changes in your prescriptions? Have you dropped any? Have you, do you have new ones? Or have you swapped any? Because all of that will dictate some possible changes, possibly saving of some money when it comes to these new plans that come up for the first of the year. Mm -hmm. And as everyone knows, particularly if you watch football, how awful it is that these plans and their commercials show up in between every play. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's the time between October 15th and December 7th, that's the witching hour when a lot of these changes can be made and need to be made then, particularly the prescription plans, in order to get the best coverage starting that next year. Well, I've had a situation when you, you go up to pick up the script 
and they say, well, Medicare substituted uh, a generic. They'll pay for the generic. They wouldn't pay for the, the real brand, I guess, if, mm-hmm. uh, whatever they call that, but the original. So right. it's like, well, okay, well, that's fine, but they're, yes. it's going to be okay. And frankly, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of your pharmacies are so user-friendly. You can go in and ask them, hey, is there a generic for this that I would save money on it? They can either do it right then or simply contact your doctor. Is this a viable option for us to swap it? The pharmacies are wonderful. Almost all yeah. are, are wonderful. And sometimes they'll with. recommend use good RX. That's that plan. You can get discounts, but it won't apply against your deductible. Correct. And in fact, now a deductible, you're 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 kind of adding a, a different spice to the okay. recipe. Okay. When it comes to prescriptions. All right. Most of them do not have a deductible for the different tiers, okay. unfortunately. And it's T-I-E-R-S, not T-E-A-R-S, <laughs> although there, there may there are be plenty some of tiers. Yes. Um, but that prescription plan, it's built in stages, and they use tiers to rank the prescriptions. You've got different plans that won't have a deductible, plans that do have a deductible for certain tiers, and plans that will have a deductible for all the tiers. So that's where I come in. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm able to take the individual's information and put it through a filtered platform that I use that really takes the blood, sweat, and tears out of all of it and makes the decision-making, the, the, the adventure of looking into all this at, at the desk. The individual doesn't have to do it themselves. Well, that's what I love. Unless somebody <laughs> yes. just, okay, this is the best you can get right here, best rate, okay, let's run with it. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm not a num- yes. number cruncher. Now, my wife right. is, but yeah. I, you know, I shut down, like I said before. So best plan possible, and let's go with it and just right. make sure I don't have to pay anything. Yes. Well, and I'll tell you what, you know, Jeff, you can have a, there are some plans that have a very low monthly premium. Mm -hmm. But if you take that and you have prescriptions that rank a certain way, you're going to wind up paying a huge amount out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you go to a different one that may have a a variety of premiums that are are there, but you're not going to have any out of pockets at the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, you can look at the total cost for the year and see what that's going to be. Right. Let's talk supplemental plans. Okay. Now, you said there's different supplemental plans. I don't know. How does that work? Well, there are different supplements. Okay. Now, there are, and, and it, again, they use the alphabet system. I wish they did something, maybe used color or something, mm-hmm. but they didn't. So there are plans F, N, G, and for my clients, for the purposes that I use to give people the best coverage, I go with Plan G. Plan F was a staple for people who were born before 1953, a staple because it covered everything that Medicare didn't pick up. Medicare covered it, but it didn't pick up all the expenses. Mm-hmm. And it picked up that Part B deductible. Now, come to find out, that has been put by the wayside. Mm-hmm. People who have Plan F, they still have Plan F. Okay, if you were enrolled in that, you still have it. But it's no longer available for new enrollments. And one of the things that has come to light is you actually save more money that way because over the course of the year, 
the uh, premiums for a Plan F came out to be more than what that Part B deductible amounted to. Mm-hmm. So the the supplements, they are, I, I go with G, it's the greatest coverage, excuse me, all of the 20% that Part B does not cover, it picks up the $1,600 deductible from Part A. And when you're in the hospital, you don't have to think about what your cost is going to be. Okay. If you have to go to the hospital by ambulance, you don't have to think about what that copay is going to be because Plan G will pick that up. I don't know why I'm just now understanding this, but they said, well, that's the best plan. G was, I've heard that was the best. Okay, yeah. we'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, it costs, right. you have a premium on that, yes, but it's not do. that high. I mean, I, I didn't think it, it was that bad. But. Right, right. Well, and, and those premiums, like everything, you can expect that they will increase every year. Mm-hmm. We, as the, uh, as the agents, we have absolutely no control over that. And in fact, we really don't have a very good window into the future about what kind of increase there will be from carrier to carrier. It, it's a, right. it, we, we just don't know. But it's, So it's um, not a carrier option. A, 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 an agent can't just raise the price. Oh, by no means. They, no. So it's locked in and, by Medicare. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, by, by the carrier. But yeah. I can tell you that unlike certain types of insurance, that if you use your plan, if your plan G is being used, say for a hospital stay or any, any of anything of Medicare treatments and services, the increase that you'll find annually will have absolutely no bearing on how much you've used that plan. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Oh, all right. no bearing at all. No, okay. it's, it, it's wonderful. Wow. I love yes. that. See, the thing that I think of it, people out there listening, they're probably feeling the same way I am. You look at all of this stuff in the pamphlets and they look medicare social security they love to make things difficult it's like 20 pages long just for one little question it's like you know when you hear it like you say and i love how you give examples like the tent and the blanket it makes things more understandable it kind of sinks in a little bit more you know so i think you need an agent that is going to make sure that you understand it in the most simplistic way possible absolutely and i can tell you jeff that when it comes to the booklet that everyone who has medicare gets every year it's Medicare and you, and it'll have the year that they're addressing printed on the front. I think it's roughly 130 pages, and what I tell people is that I can take those 130 pages and sit down with you and talk to you for about 20 minutes and be able to know just exactly what you need to know. Exactly. I don't withhold anything, but it doesn't take a whole lot to figure out what information does this person need. Mm-hmm. Not everybody needs to know about disability. Not everyone needs to know about diabetes. Not everyone needs to know about end-stage renal disease. Mm-hmm. So those pages have nothing to do with you. Uh, and there are a lot of other pages in there that don't apply to the average bear. Sure. So I can find out mm-hmm. what, what do you need to know. you gotta get, You got to go through the fluff. <laughs> you know, precisely. They're gonna yes. make it thick and complicated, so they yeah. get, attorneys feel like they've done their job. I guess that's a very <laughs> nice word that you're using, Jeff. Bluff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we could go the other route, but <laughs> but listen, you know, I mean, this is so fascinating. We we can probably you know talk for another hour about yeah. it, and you know, you got to get a hold of Maureen Miranda, and and again, she's licensed health insurance agent, Tennessee and Kentucky. Your specialization is in Medicare, so that's what I'm I want to here because you specialize in that. We don't need to deal with all that other stuff. How would they get a hold of you? I can be reached by phone call or text at 615-887-7687. 
If for some reason I'm not able to pick up a phone call, please leave a message. I will call you back. It will be me who calls you back. Text me. Let me know when's a good time you can call me. I can also be reached by email. Okay. My email address is my first initials, MM65, and the words plus benefit at yahoo.com. So it reads MM65 plus benefits at yahoo.com. Because I tell you what, folks, 65 is a wonderful time. There's so much out there. I will tell you what kind of things you'll get for free through Medicare. Mm -hmm. I will remind you what kind of benefits there are, how to do certain things. And I don't just enroll people and drop off the face of the earth. I'm available. I'll stay in touch. And you're going to have a great time with Medicare. Exactly. So get in touch with Maureen Miranda. When you think Medicare, you think Maureen. I love it. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed this. I certainly did. I learned a lot. (laughs) But hey, we'll have another Summer County Spotlight next week. I hope you'll join us because each and every Sunday morning at 10, then on the podcast page at whinradio.com, look for Sumner County Spotlight. So this is Jeff Shannon saying so long. We'll see you next week on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.